Hello and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of June 19th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was and what a week it was. In fact, we predicted that this was going to be one of those weeks where the market has some pretty significant moves, largely because we had so much economic data from beginning to end. And that was certainly the case. The S&P 500 finished up 2.58% for the week, which brings the year-to-date gain to 14.85%, so nearly 15% so far here in 2023. And just a comprehensive rally this week on the back of data that the market really liked. So let's dig into it. First, we had the NFIB Optimism Index, which was slightly higher than expected. And remember, that's a measure and a survey of small business owners. But within that report, I think it's important to note that 25% of owners reported that inflation was their single most important problem in operating their business, up two points from last month and followed by labor quality at 24%. So basically, small businesses are saying inflation is a massive pressure and the quality of labor available to them is their second biggest concern. Quote, overall, small business owners are expressing concerns for future business conditions, said Bill Dunkelberg, the chief economist. Supply chain disruptions and labor shortages will continue to limit the ability of many small firms to meet the demand for their products and services while less severe than last year's experience. So this echoes a lot of what we've been talking about and a lot of what we've been summarizing. And the focus on inflation and labor quality is certainly something that bears watching. Now, conveniently, we got some inflation data. So what did we hear? Well, first and foremost, CPI was basically in line across the board on a core, on a headline basis. So we're running at about 4% year over year on a headline CPI basis, 5.3% on a core basis year over year. Now, you could argue that that core number is well above what the market wants and what the Fed wants, but the market certainly liked that it came in in line as opposed to surprising to the upside. Then the next day we had CPI which actually slowed more than expected, negative 0.3% month over month. So now PPI is running at just 1.1% year over year and 2.8% year over year on a core basis. So wholesale inflation moderating at an accelerated rate relative to what we're seeing at the retail level or at the consumer level. And then, of course, we got a Fed decision that same day. And it was a pause. There was no rate hike for the first time in quite some time. But importantly, it came with some pretty hawkish language. And Mr. Powell, in all his infinite wisdom, seemed to imply that there's the chance we could get more rate hikes here in the near future. So the headlines, of course, were this isn't a pause or a pivot. This is simply a skip. And... The market didn't really like it, and as our the folks who run the research over at Bespoke have highlighted coming into these Fed weeks, you tend to get pretty volatile days around Fed decisions, and you get initial moves that don't end up following through, whether that's a big move higher, a big move lower, and then the opposite or a reversal in the market. 
And that's sort of what we saw on Wednesday after the Fed decision, but it wasn't enough to overwhelm what was a comprehensively stronger week for the market. And then just to top it off, we had strong retail sales on at the end of the week. We had better than expected consumer confidence with a big drop in inflation expectations, again, tying into this theme that we have small businesses showing concerns about inflation and the impact on their business, their number one concern. Now we have better than expected consumer confidence with inflation expectations dropping at the consumer level. All the while, we got a week in which we got tangible economic data on the inflation front and the wholesale data is supportive of the idea that inflation has rolled over. The retail data or consumer level data is supportive of the idea that it's going in the right direction, but perhaps sticky to the upside. Now, within the S&P 500, you had some massive moves. So best performing sector this week was, ding, 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 technology up 4.33%. Worst performer was energy, the only sector of the 11 gig sectors that was down, down 58 basis points. But you look across the board and the sectors that we focus on, Consumer discretionary up 3.21%. Communication services up 2.45%. You had a pretty big move in industrials, 2.98%. Materials up 3.48%. So as we've talked about, growth, cyclicality, those are the sectors that are leading the market, have been so far in 2023. And we're starting to see the, the rally by all indications, start to widen out a little bit. We've heard so much about how it's eight stocks, it's nine stocks, it's seven stocks that are driving the market higher. All of a sudden, you get a move like this in industrials, a move like this in consumer discretionary and materials. And that's reflective, perhaps, of a cyclical rotation in the market, perhaps some bullishness as a result of improved economic backdrop, or at least the expectation that we get an improved economic backdrop. And the flip side is, is that means that you don't get the performance from defensive sectors. XLU or utilities up 1.37%, staples up 2.13%, healthcare up just 1.37%. So most sectors up, but clearly leadership is tilting growth. Leadership is tilting toward those cyclical sectors in the market. From a flows perspective, massive week, 43.65 million shares in across the select sector spider lineup. The bulk of that, 30 million shares or so, was in XLF alone or financials, which, again, one of those sectors that we get these massive creation or redemption days and weeks, and this was no exception. We saw 8 million shares created in XLK over the prior one-week period. Now, we saw a bunch come out on Friday, so a little bit of noise there. We did see 6.5 million shares created in XLI, or should I say another 6.5 million shares created in XLI or industrials, which again, I think aligns with that cyclical theme. 2.95 million shares redeemed out of XLC or communication services, and then another 3 plus million shares out of XLE or energy, which is a trade that has certainly gone sour in terms of relative performance and in terms of popularity. And at a high level, this was a very robust week of action, 815 plus million shares traded across the select sector spider lineup. So a lot of sort of follow through, if you will, in terms of this really robust rally we saw this week, some pretty re remarkable creation activity, flows activity across the lineup in a week in which you walk away thinking, wow, this is a really strong market. And we heard it time and time again this week, new bull market. 
20% off the lows. We'll see. And ultimately, as we've discussed in many of these economic data points, there still seems to be this quote unquote concern in some of these economic surveys around the threat of inflation, the threat of perhaps an economic recession. And yet the market is looking through it and the market is very strong and it's comprehensive. The place where it hasn't been as strong and it's a sector in focus is Staples, XLP. And the reason I wanted to focus on Staples is because it's one of those popular sectors or was one of those popular sectors coming into 2023. If you looked at a lot of the Wall Street research, wirehouse, home office perspectives coming into 2023, it was Orient defensive, Orient value versus growth. And, and again, as we've talked about time and time again on the pod, it hasn't been those sectors that have worked. It has been the more growth-oriented sectors in the market and more recently the cyclical sectors in the market. And so XLP is sort of in no man's land economically because in theory it's a sector that protects you against big market drawdowns. Historically, it's been one of the lower volatility sectors in the market, the nature of the business, which of course because the sector framework is so focused on what companies actually do, the – historical relative volatility of staples and the smaller drawdowns and the the lower volatility factor exposure of the staple sector is a product of what these companies do, which is tell us things like toothpaste and toilet paper and things we don't necessarily buy more of when the economy is good or buy less of when the economy is weak. But the problem with staples in this economic context and in this market environment is that investors don't necessarily want as much protection from market volatility or market drawdowns or a market correction as investors might have anticipated coming into 2023. And the reality is, is the defensive sectors aren't necessarily cheap. They haven't been trading on a relative valuation basis at a level that you would say is relatively cheap or relatively attractive or potentially undervalued for quite some time. And that's partly because they did so well on a relative basis last year and at the end of the prior year. But some of the, the positives in the sector is we've seen a little bit of normalization evaluation there. So they've gotten at the very least a little bit more reasonable on a relative valuation basis. And if there is the expectation that we're going to have a recession in the back half of 2023, and that seems to get pushed back further and further, depending on what you read, then Staples is one of those sectors that investors typically have gone to if there is a fear of or the actual realization of a recession. But again, that's not the case right now. And the economic data isn't supporting the idea that we're in a recession or on the brink of a recession. And even that data we talked about last week showed that the services data was implying 0.2% GDP growth, which of course isn't robust, but certainly isn't negative, which in theory is reflective of a recession. Now, the, the negatives for consumer staples are pretty clear. You've got economic data, surprise indexes that are trending in the wrong direction on a relative basis for a sector like staples, which is defensively oriented. You typically see the market want to, on a day in and day out, week to week basis, move into the sectors that provide growth, provide cyclicality, and staples certainly isn't one of those sectors. And Historically, we've seen some technical indications that 
the sectors in favor from a technical perspective aren't the defensive sector, staples, utilities, and healthcare. And you've seen the lag of healthcare, of staples, of utilities so far in 2023 and more recently. So you go back, let's call it a month or so, and you've got XLP down more than 900 basis points on the S&P 500. You go back three months and the picture is basically the same. You've got a 9% lag on staples relative to the S&P 500. And that really started to break in May on a relative basis. Staples was hanging in there through April into May. And then all of a sudden you started to see a meaningful departure and differing perspectives on positioning on a relative basis between defensive, between cyclicals, between growth. And Staples is one of those sectors that has very unique attribution in terms of what drives performance. And in an environment where inflation is still stubbornly high at the consumer level and your goods aren't necessarily the types of products that one can increase prices rapidly on because they are very much products that don't have a lot of elasticity of demand, then all of a sudden it becomes a much more difficult operating environment. And companies in the staple sector have been able to shrink packaging and incrementally increase prices. But the reality is, is that this is not the economic environment that is good for staples companies. And we're seeing that play out in terms of relative performance. So we'll see what happens going forward if we do eventually enter a recession, if those defensive sectors like Staples come back in favor. Next week, economic data, certainly not as robust or as meaningful as we saw last week. It is a short week with the Juneteenth holiday on Monday. But interestingly, we will hear from Powell once again. He's going to be in front of the House of Representatives. He's going to be in front of the Senate. So we'll probably get a lot of grandstanding, a lot of pointed questions, a lot of political opportunities to make a political point, not necessarily ask a question, but make a statement, as we've seen time and time again with these congressional testimonies. We'll see existing home sales and housing starts, so additional data on the housing front, leading economic indicators. Of course, we like to dig into that report and see what some of the Various components of that index are saying about the economy, and then we'll get S&P flash manufacturing and services PMIs. On the earnings front, just not much. We're at the end of earnings season. We'll hear from FedEx. We'll hear from Accenture. So big companies that are important economically, but certainly not a textured view of the earnings front this week because, once again, we're up above 99% of the S&P 500 by weight, having reported earnings for the quarter. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone once again for joining me. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. Hope everyone has a wonderful week, and we'll catch you next time. Take care.